Hey guys, Editor Mark here. Uh, just a little note at the beginning to apologise this episode being so incredibly late. But I've been really ill and I didn't want to, well, couldn't face having to edit this um, podcast whilst I was uh, struggling to breathe. Um, also, uh, Andy's audio has disappeared into the ether and we have no way of retrieving it. So uh, our HR bot is going to have to insert a little snippet just to explain what Andy's game is um, for his sections. Um, yeah, bit of a nightmare this episode. Uh, so <laughs> massive apologies, and uh, we'll we'll buck up our ideas for the rest of 2023. Uh, anyway, on with the show. Welcome back to part two of the annual Lapsed Gamer Best Games We Played in 2022 that didn't necessarily come out in 2022 extravaganza in which we run down the best games that we played this year that, as per the title, did not necessarily come out this year um, because we're Lapsed Gamers and we don't always play the hottest new things. In part one, we ran through... uh, uh, five, uh, number five, number four, and number three top games that we played. Uh, and in this episode, we're going to quickly run through some of our biggest surprises and some honourable mentions, and then do our top twos, and then skitter off to enjoy Christmas. So, joining me again tonight uh, is Andy Piddy. Hello. Hello, I am definitely Andy. And uh, Mark Chazzy Ray. Hello. Hey, hey. And Mr. Nick Case. Hello. Hello. Oh my god, I'm going to regret it's that far one. Too enthusiastic. <laughs> Nick the Christmas Way elf. Enthusiastic. I've got to that bit of tired where I just feel a bit like funny. <laughs> you do. Yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> I know what you mean. The fun um, starts now. As about Christmas traditions, um Adam who lives in Canada so is several hours behind us. Uh is not able to join us compounded by the fact that he has had a baby and so he's got far more important things to do like changing nappies and cleaning up vomit than um, to skive off work early to come and talk about video games with us so he will be uh, he will be joining us pre-recorded from the future at various points to this episode so look out for that okay moving swiftly along andy pity were your biggest surprises of gaming in 2022 the complete lack of humor in Wolfenstein Youngblood, Microsoft wanting to buy Activision and the subsequent fallout, somehow managing to play 41 hours of Immortals Phoenix Rising, and the variety of games that Francis loves. Excellent. Um, okay, I'll run through mine. Um, just three ones. Um, Cyberpunk 2077's poor storytelling was quite surprising. Uh, I finally finished that game this year. It did not make it to my bloody hell. Bless you. <laughs> Gesundheit, indeed. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, Cyberpunk 2077's poor storytelling, uh, again, did not make it onto my top 10. Um, hmm. 
because it aside from all of the bugs and everything like that the just story was just a bit poop now i've played all three witcher games to various degrees i played a bit of witcher one i played witcher two through twice uh, and i played the fuck out of witcher three uh, and one thing you could not uh, one of all things you could like maybe level at those games as criticisms one of the things you could not criticize is the storytelling um it's one of the strongest points especially in the witcher 3 um some incredible storytelling and for it to be so fucking weak in cyberpunk was a massive uh, unpleasant surprise i'm going to say due to like the witcher games obviously were based on the books so they've got reference mm-hmm. material whereas obviously with cyberpunk they can do whatever they like it, would you it's say also based a- it's based on reference material still and they made up their own stories in the witcher yeah yeah and then they made up their own stories in in the witcher mm-hmm. they yeah. just made them good and cyberpunk it was a bit poop um next biggest surprise is the fact that there was a destiny 2 expansion this year and it did not make it into my top 10 uh that's not to speak to the quality of the game at all it was still a very very good expansion but this is i've played a lot less destiny this year mm. than i have any other year just um i just got a little bit tired uh, of it this year and it's not just me everyone in my group kind of dropped off it to a certain extent I still play it fairly regularly I've played it twice this week and I'm playing it again tomorrow. Um, but uh, I don't feel the need to go on it every single day. Um, and so I feel like there needs to be a new destiny. Um, uh, no, they just need to refresh to the, it up a bit. They just need to refresh the seasonal content model. Right. Really? Um, that just needs a little bit of an update. Maybe the new expansion in February will be all crank kinds of new. They're adding, well, I don't know. It looks interesting. We're going to a place that, nobody's seen yet like a, yeah. a city a, a neon city out in the outskirts of the solar system that we didn't know existed mm. so i think who knows i think that's fun. the main thing with destiny really it's um they've not done enough this year to give people a reason to come back especially people that have been playing it up for pretty much all the pandemic the last two years mm. though the new expansion came out and i i wasn't that impressed with it i didn't think it added that much new or that many reasons to come back it obviously added the um what was the weapon called the the glaive the glaive um which was fine but i to me though like it was kind of put up against a certain game that i'm sure we'll come to at some point um yeah that just made destiny completely irrelevant for me Mm. yep Agreed. Um, and fine, my final biggest surprise is that uh, this was the year now, none of these games unfortunately made it onto my top 10 because I didn't finish any of them, really. Um, or they were on previous year's lists. Uh, but VR is legit good. Um, yeah. I played uh, a chunk of Half-Life Alex and thought that was incredible. It's, it's insane um, how good that game is. And if more people yeah. had VR, that would have been on so many Game of the Year lists. Mm. The year it came out, yeah, yeah. it's just so good. Um, Elite Dangerous, uh, Tethered, Seto Corsa Competizione that I played in VR and absolutely loved it. The only reason I did not play more VR is because I was starting to get into the swing of it. And then we had... A massive heat wave and it was too hot to wear a VR headset. <laughs> and then I went on holiday 
and then I got a puppy uh, and I can't wear a strap on a VR headset and like uh, and not accidentally kick the puppy you know so um, I've seen a reason um, none of the games have made it onto my list and I haven't explored. I've got a bunch of VR games in my Steam library including a Batman one um, that I haven't played yeah, um, that, yet mm. um, I'll tell you the one you uh, want is um, Last Clockwinder it's like a puzzle yeah, game yeah. where your actions um, uh, it records your actions and then you have to chain them in a sort of Factorio style to get mm. things from point A to point B or you know collect a hundred X, Y, Z and uh, yeah. yeah it just looks incredible cool so that's my next um, game for uh, anyway I'll, I'll play some more VR next year but yeah. um, uh, yeah it's yeah, it's it's, a it's uh, legitimately a good way to play video games mm. uh, anyway like moving Yes, definitely. <laughs> Assetto Corsa is incredible in VR. Um, all right, moving swiftly onwards. Chazzy. Hello. What are your biggest surprises of this uh, year? Just the two. Um, so I started playing Guardians of the Galaxy, and I really didn't enjoy it, um, mainly from the combat side of the game, and I was just sort of thought, right, okay, I'm really not enjoying this, but the, the, the story seems good, and, and, and you know, these characters seem humorous, and by the end of the game, and my, this is why it's my biggest surprise, I absolutely adored everything to do with that game story i adored everything to do with those characters they are so well written and subtle and up there with the mcu film characters uh, it's hard to escape hard to distinguish between um like the kind of two different sets of characters that they've created in the two different universes from film and in the game and um yeah everything about that game other than its combat is absolutely incredible and i just I adored it, but I just couldn't put it on the list because mechanically I just hated the combat. I just did not think that the combat works and it's so clunky and I had so many frustrations with it that I just it couldn't make my top ten. But yeah, I found that really, really surprising that it was just so well written and, and so funny and so many interjections and stuff that you get and are just brilliant. Just so funny. And it's I've actually you know, it did actually make me chuckle a few times. So yeah, mm. really big surprise on, on that from where I started from where I was just like, This is either gonna get really great in or it's gonna be incredible. Yeah. So yeah, really pleased. Really, really pleased that, that sort of surprised me and you know, made made it so good by the end. Uh and good. then um something that I alluded to in uh, the last episode when we were talking about our games, mm. um, Shredder's Revenge. Um there is a boss fight with Shredder at the end of Shredder's Revenge. And as Shredder appears, suddenly music drops out and it puts on one of the most banging, bespoke Wu-Tang Clan tunes you've ever heard. Um, which which it, song is it? It's oh, it's um, Raekwon and uh, Ghostface Killer. Let me have a look. Let me look it up. But it, it's on the soundtrack. Uh, we ain't came. To, yeah, so the song is called "We Ain't Came to Lose," and it comes on during the boss fight, and <laughs> it's such a banger. And it's like the probably one of the best spin-off tunes to come out of like the Wu Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, <laughs> it's just incredible. It's like it just comes out of nowhere. It's that it's akin to the moment where you're having Red Dead, where you just go. Oh, it's playing that song as you go through Mexico, and it's just oh like, yeah, it's yeah. it's like that level of just like this is brilliant, and it's all based like it's obviously all all the lyrics are interwoven about you know the turtles. One one guy is writing about from the turtles' perspective, 
about taking out Shredder and then one's writing about being Shredder trying to take out the turtles. And it's yeah. it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. And it just pops up in the middle of a boss fight. And yeah, it's, what an incredible surprise. And I just, uh, I'm a massive Wu-Tang fan anyway. So yeah, it was just, just superb. And um, yeah, I, that mm. is my biggest surprise out of this year. It was well worth, well worth paying the money just for the game for, for that one moment. Nice. Yeah. I like when that stuff happens when yeah. like a piece of music pops off in the video game. I've I always thought like the gold standard for that was like the the airport shootout in Max Payne when that health song starts playing. The, right. the third Max Payne game, the yeah. one yeah. that Rock Rockstar did. Um yeah, love love stuff like that. Um Nick, what surprised you this year? Um my first point is it's surprising to me that it's December already. Um, really don't know where this year has gone. Absolutely crazy. We're already doing this, and it feels like we're only just doing it last year. But hey-ho. Um, kind of already gone over my second point, but a Call of Duty game is good again. Um, yeah, yeah surprising. Completely surprising. I never thought I'd be interested in that franchise again. Uh, thanks a lot, Mark. Um, Sorry. Yeah. It's all right. It's good. It's fine. It's good. Um, this year I, in my top five at least, um, there aren't any community games. Last, last two years, um, we've consistently had, um, at least some multiplayer or community games that we've sort of played together and we've not had any of those this year, I don't think. Like, mm. I think last year I had like Among Us and we've had various different games that we've played together, uh, whether we liked them or not in the case of, uh. What's that stupid prison break game? A way out, uh, and things like that. Um, yeah. yeah, not not even any racing games because we haven't played any new ones because there haven't been there any are no, good. There new are no ones. new racing games. It's all a set of Corsa. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, that's a bit of a surprise. I think uh, maybe one to work on for next year. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, and finally, to echo Mark's point pretty much i've played so little destiny this year um for the expansion i've hardly played it it's just hollow giving me no reason to go back to it every tuesday like used to happen um but no they are all my surprises fair enough all right uh well let's scoot straight on over then to our honorable mentions um Adam deems no games honorable enough to mention outside of his top 10, <laughs> so he doesn't have any. So we'll skip straight on to Andy. Uh, what were your honorable mentions? What were the games that didn't quite make your list? My honorable mentions are Immortals Phoenix Rising, Puyo Puyo Tetris, and Dragon Quest Builders. Very good. Um, okay, I'll write through mine real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Sniper Elite 5 just got bumped off my top 10. Uh, it's number it's basically number 11 uh it's the latest in the sniper elite series they make um you know slight improvements in each one they're still a little bit rough around the edges it's Mm. still i think what you would count as a double a game but shooting nazis in the balls in slow motion getting doesn't get old yeah it does not get old (laughs) i love it um some interesting new gameplay elements in this one you have the option the option is not you can you can turn it off 
uh, to have like invasions where another player will invade your game, mm-hmm. and then it's like an it's like an intense like one v one sniper duel uh, where you're being hunted down and you're trying to hunt down the hunter. And um, yeah, it's good. Uh, look, I do like those games uh, mm-hmm. for all their foibles. Like I said, shooting Nazis in the balls is fun. Um, Dragon Quest Builders Two. Uh, really enjoyed most of that game. Yeah. Apart from the fucking story <laughs> and the unskippable dialogue. Um, yeah. But uh, leaving that stuff aside, uh, it was really, really fun. And it goes to some wild places uh, that I did not think what I thought was just a Minecraft like game yeah, could possibly go. Game. Yeah. It's, um, um, yeah. Out there. Real good. Uh, and my last one is uh, Cloudpunk, um, which I just I can't put it on because I haven't finished it. It's just one of those games that I like dipping in and out of every now and then. Yeah, um, the at the moment. And I like just flying around in my hover car in a few, you know, dystopian futuristic city delivering post. Um, <laughs> it's good. I like it. Yeah, I'm playing it because I know that that Navalis is coming out soon, mm. and I want to be up on the the world. Yeah, of that, so I can play Navalis and be a, just a bar manager, whatever it is yeah. in that game. Yeah, so yeah, great game. We're thoroughly Excellent. enjoying it what I've played of it so far. Um, all right, well, Chazzy, what were your honourable mentions? Honourable mentions. Uh, I know you guys have mentioned it in your lists. Um, Oli Oli World. Um, I only didn't make the list by virtue of the fact that um, I. The only thing I didn't feel with that game, it, it feels mechanically very similar. It feels more like a coat of paint than it feels like a, um, you know, a, a massive departure. Like it looks incredibly different, but mechanically, I didn't feel like it felt that that different. But it's it's it is a brilliant game. If you've never played an Oli Oli game, then mm. World should be the one you pick up. You know, but um, yep. and there was a couple of other games on my list where I just had more more fun and more time than Ollie Ollie World but like yeah it's it's a like you say you were saying Nick last year uh, last year last episode um yeah if if that was on a Steam Deck and I, or a Switch and I was taking that around with me I think that would have been higher on my list and maybe even would have knocked off one of the, one of the kind of lower lower numbers um and then yeah the only other game was uh, Metroid Dread which is an incredibly well put together brilliantly produced game um, probably one of the best sort of Metroid games that's ever existed, but the difficulty curve on that game is just insane. And I, I, I'm I'm too old to be banging my head against the same like section over and over and over again just to fool the story. And um, yeah, if if that difficulty curve had been you know patched out or sorted out or something, you know, um, I think that would have been in the mid mid tier of um you know of my of my top 10 but difficult that difficulty curve plus the fact that like you've got to get your hand into some really weird claw situations just to make stuff happen yeah it just um just drops off my list but yes yeah, it's, it's a beautiful game and it's so it plays so well but yeah i just I, I don't need that level of frustration in my life anymore fair fair enough yeah. and that's it uh nick um i don't really have 
any honourable mentions other than the fact you didn't play that, enough fucking games, did you? I didn't play enough fucking games. <laughs> so I've got, boy. I've got a half one as you the just slide Marvel Snap on there now that you've started playing it. <laughs> um I've got a half one uh that we just kind of uh, I just sort of mentioned halfway. Uh yeah. Assetto Corsa Competizione continues to be the best driving game of all time. Um I don't think I'll ever get tired of jumping onto that. Um and just driving around Monza and Spa and the Nürburgring and Yeah, I mean it's basically the FIFA's driving great. games well, I wouldn't say not that FIFA's great, but it's just that game that you go I've got an hour. I'll just turn on the wheel and go yeah and definitely lap after lap yeah exactly um and it's great absolutely love it um pretty much the only workouts i've had this year have been thanks to my new direct drive wheel um so <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs> nick of four arms of steel uh, yeah you know <laughs> get absolutely hench yeah, that's it. It's just mad. It looks yeah. like Popeye, but only from the elbows down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll have to get back on the centre courser in the new year for sure. Yeah, mate. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah. Getting, that's... Uh, getting itchy for it. I was kind of getting itchy to even jump back into F1 the other day. I was like, ooh. No. We never, finished, really we never finished the season. Oh, it doesn't <laughs> matter. You won the season. We don't care. That's it. We were so I really nice. want to get you two together and do a, an F1 manager season, like uh, the, like you know, just the three of us. Well, we'll make make the decisions together. Oh yeah, we could do that. Maybe group, um, group F1 manager. Maybe I'll group. add like um, the multiplayer in that in the future instalment. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. great. <laughs> um, that game might come up later on this evening. Um. Shall we shall we get cracking on the, the main meat of the episode? See if we can get through these in a, a reasonable clip. Um because it's late. Um yeah. our number twos for for that we played this year. Uh here is uh Adam Duck and Cover Ducker again from the future, telling us about his number two game that he played this year. Hello I am Richard, before we start please note these are Adam's top 5 and not in any way associated with my vastly superior AI driven mind. Clearly the best game of 2022 was the game of life itself. Number 2, Neon White, another game that involves cards but not deck building. Instead it's an incredible card ability fueled FPS speed running extravaganza, which I really enjoyed on the Steam Deck. Levels can take as little as 10 seconds leading to you trying to constantly beat your friend's times. That was Adam's number 2 game that he played this year, wasn't that lovely? Brilliant. Isn't it lovely hearing his little voice? Oh yeah, yeah. I miss him talking about talking about neon white. Lovely what do you mean? You just heard him. Well. <laughs> I miss him when he's <laughs> yeah, on... I know, but you know, it's not the future. You know. Know. Yeah, we miss talking to him. <laughs> um, all right, Andy. What was your number two game that you played this year? My number two game that I played in 2022 was Pang Adventures. Shame the audio is lost because I spent a long time talking about touching balls. Okay, well, it's good to know that Andy routinely stays up till three o'clock in the morning touching balls. Um, bursting his blue balls as well. Bursting, yeah, making those balls burst. <laughs> Andy, such a slut. I'll jump in now with my number two then. Um, second best game that I played in 2022 was Oli Oli World. 
I'm not going to say too much about it because uh, hopefully you listened to the last episode in which Nick talked about it. Um, I am, however, going to have to disagree with something that you said in your honorable yeah. mentions bit, uh, Chazzy. I, I don't, I don't feel that it is just a lick of paint on the gameplay because they added changing lanes and switchbacks and like those big purple crystal things in the sky um, and like platforms that you can ride on or you can smash through um they added like a number of like gameplay uh, mechanics that like change up the way because it was it was always like you go from left to right yeah on one path and now there's multiple paths and sometimes you go from right to left and sometimes you switch back and forth multiple times um and sometimes like yeah, you, like you'll go up a half pipe and then come back down, and you're going the other direction and 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 whatnot. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, I I loved this game. Um, I loved Ollie Ollie One. Uh, I adored Ollie Ollie Two, and I cannot get enough of this game. I've played it to completion. Well, I've I played it to the end. I've seen credits roll. I haven't played it to completion yet until I've got every um optional achievement on every level, which I will do at some point. There are so many as well. There's so mm-hmm. many, and I like, uh, and I've got to beat all of your high scores on every level, um, because oh, you 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 demolish me works. no matter what. Like you you are consistently like yeah. hundreds of thousands ahead of me. I don't know how you do it. Absolutely uh, by n- by never breaking a combo. Yeah, like you just instead of like landing on awful wheels, you land into a manual. If you can't, if you can't like land if, uh, into a grind, if you have to land on a flat surface, land into a manual, keeps your combo going. Um, if you can manage to get from one from the beginning to the end in one combo, then you get a shit ton of points. Uh, that's the only way I've been able to do it. My score compared to other people I know is fucking pathetic, because although it's one long combo, I'm not pulling off like hundreds of advanced tricks all the way through the levels like some other people are. Um, some people are like absolute freaks of this game um <laughs> but yeah i i absolutely adore it uh it's always had a very unique style uh a unique art direction and they've changed it up completely in this one with the sort of 2.5 d uh aspect and the uh, quasi um a bit of the art direction reminded me of sable in a way um yeah. the way that's like characters are rendered and the way that the, the fact that like the game runs at like at least on the pc it runs at like a locked 60 um but the characters that you interact with in the cutscenes run at a lower frame rate deliberately to the rest of the world yeah. um it's a bit like the uh spider-man into the spider-verse trick isn't it yeah yes yes uh it's very cool um uh absolutely killer soundtrack um just just like do you remember when Giant Bomb used to do the best style thing on Game yeah. of the Year? I think this game would be a shoe in. I could say uh, that, yeah. for, for best that, style. That roller drone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, it's an incredible game. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and it's one that I will be playing for, for years. And, and like Nick yeah. said in the last episode, um, if I had a Steam Deck, I'd be playing a hell of a lot more of it because it would be a perfect handheld game. Yeah. For sure. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, moving swiftly onwards, yeah. Chassis, what was your number two? Oh, from one stylish game <clears throat> to another. Exactly. Um, so I've picked, 
Adam and I have sort of picked the same two and three. So um, I've picked Neon White uh, as my number two. Uh, if you've followed us for however many years doing Game of the Year, you'll know that my normally my type game is a game that is mechanically incredibly sound, like so just perf- like put together to perfection and has some kind of roguelite element. Um, this is nearly that in as much as instead of a roguelike element, they've just put cards in instead. But um, yeah, Neon White, it was a game that I had seen in E3s and stuff like that and in presentations and thought, oh, that doesn't, that looks like a bit of, you know, the the, the card aspects of that, oh, that puts me off. And it was only once I'd like, spoken to you, Mark, about like, you were saying, no, this is like, this is a speed running game. This is a game where you've got to be incredibly precise and it's all about picking lines and it's, mm-hmm. and then it evolves from there. And I was like, right, okay, yeah, you really got me excited about this. Like, so I picked it up and, yeah, it's... I think the way I described it, it was like a com- It was like a cross between the uh, training level in Titanfall Two, Titanfall, yeah, and Trackmania, yeah, mm. and like I love those mechan. I love that mechanic in Titanfall Two, being able to run on the walls, and I also, you know, Trackmania yep. is probably one of my all-time games. So yeah, I picked this up, and what what this does above Trackmania is yes, you are running a course, and yes, you are trying to get from A to B in the fastest time. But it's so sneaky in the way that the route that you think is the route is not the route at all. And it will play and subvert your expectations in the level design to such a extent that you've got to you've got to have your head on and run through the level hundreds of times or tens of times to find what is actually the most efficient way of getting through because some of the stuff I've had to do I never thought I'd be able to pull off or what what is a wonderful moment is when you're you're running into a level and then you suddenly realize oh my god if I just jump over this float across here using this card I can cut off two-thirds of the level and take my time from being two minutes to like 50 seconds and seeing and not doing that in real time and having those realizations is just it it's up there with some of the best puzzle games that I've ever played you know like it it makes me feel it's made me feel incredibly smart and but also incredibly dexterous at the same time and there's not a many games that make me feel like that um mm. it it just all the way through its game and i the amount of times now I'm just... It's also got leaderboards, so like obviously playing against you guys and I'm trying to beat your times and trying to work out how the hell you've done it. And that's all... That's a really great driver as well. Mm. And then having this sort of the gold, silver, bronze mechanic um, in there. And then obviously the jade scores, which are like the super, super like fast times. But mm-hmm. having those unlock tips on and putting hands in the world that you can then go, oh, actually, if I go towards this hand, that's giving me a little tip that I should be going over here and actually developing your mindset for getting through that particular level. Just there's there's so many lovely little tweet, just lovely little elements like that, that it, it makes you feel like a speedrunner, even though you are not one. And it demands that you, ex- it's all about execution and um, just using your, like turning off your, brain like your game brain 
that oh yeah well you always go here and you always do this in games you can turn that off and look for the look outside the box then this game is just like oh it's just incredible it just blew my mind and and i adore it and um like i say it's it's up there and maybe even a bit beyond trackmania turbo for me as a like and that's probably one of my top five games of all time so Mm. yeah i absolutely adore and then and then and then like you say it's got a banging soundtrack and it's got that like lovely stark white sega blue sky look to it as well but yeah it's just an incredible game just an absolutely incredible game and um one i will be still playing for years to come yeah yeah mad that it came from the guy who brought us uh donut county donut county (laughs) But quite a departure bananas uh, absolutely bananas yeah it's an incredible game yeah um uh one of my uh, favorite pieces of like um live stream content that i've seen on the internet this year was the giant bomb next lander crossover open invitational thing they did on neon white where they were like taking it in turns to challenge each other's scores um like times on particular levels um was real good um yeah that that uh, that game is is uh, yeah it's it's it missed out on getting into my top 10 unfortunately just because uh, i haven't i feel like i haven't played enough of it mm. um uh, yeah, it's but the game it's, the it's very good yeah it's very very good <clears throat> uh, and i should play some more <laughs> and beat all of your times yes um definitely. We'll try. <laughs> um, you know when you have that game, like oh, sorry. sorry. You know you have that game, like you had with Ollie Ollie, where it just clicks and you know how how it works. Mm-hmm. That is neon mm-hmm. white for me. It's just it, something yeah. happened mi- that mystically happened that I just sort of, I just got it. I, there was, and yeah, yeah, that was it. I was away. Anyway, sorry. Carry on, Nick. Hi. Uh, yeah, Nicholas. What was your number two this year? What was your fat dump? My fat dump of the year was F1 Manager. Um, (laughs) Not a great surprise, really. I think it's been three of our top tens, at least. Um, Yeah. Um, Been looking forward to this for a long time. um, And didn't really disappoint. It was pretty much everything I wanted for the the first iteration of this game. Um, Spent a lot of time at the back of the field. Still had, had a good time. Um, thanks to managing Williams and trying to make Williams good again. Um, but yeah, um, F1 manager, it puts you in the shoes of a team principal, uh, making the decisions, uh, on not only how to develop the cars, but also, uh, when to pit and telling the, um, drivers how to manage their tires and, and, uh, deploys and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it was, it's a really great game, uh, particularly if you're into F1 like we are. Um, yes. looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing what they do in the future as well um, mm-hmm. I'm sure a sequel is, is definitely on the cards um, effectively it's just Motorsport Manager which was already a great game um, but with the official licensing and the official sort of sheen that comes with the money that they can uh, have thrown their way because of the license um, that's yeah. that they've gone a bit more in depth with some of the um, some, some of the things that you can uh, affect as well with F1 Manager Whereas Motorsport Manager seems feels a little bit more arcadey, whereas this, you know, mm-hmm. you are 
you literally have to like watch the times and go right your times are dropping off now yeah like, these you need to have these tires and you need to come in now for the strategy and you are it, yeah it's, it's it's a lot more intense Way there's some things that that motor man motorsport manager does mm. that that f1 manager doesn't do. this was the only reason why it wasn't further up my list is because this feels like a really really good first attempt mm. but because motorsport manager is several series into you know uh, they made several games they managed to add stuff as they went along yeah um stuff like uh you know your driver's morale uh, mm. and how they feel uh and also like things like a connection to the the world outside of your team yeah um in terms of like um fake you know news reports and fake you know social media feeds and stuff like that some sort of connection to the outside world stuff that you get the stuff that you take for granted in a longer running series like like a football manager for example Mm. but that's been going for so long they've been able to add this stuff periodically yeah, and if a manager carries on, I'm sure this is stuff that they will add in over time, and it'll become more and more and more and more of a package. But as a first attempt, boy, well yeah, done, a, yeah, definitely, well done. Yeah, out, out of the gate, running smooth and and playing well. You know, it's, yeah, yes, phenomenal achievement. Like that th- level of authenticity that you get from like little little things like that. Still radio now messages. to this day, when I play it, that's the thing: the radio messages. When your engineers and your driver are talking back and forth to each other, it's like, oh my god, it's like real F one. Yeah, um, it's so good. Yeah, a lot of that. And I managed to from like footage from yes like session like test sessions and stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, and I managed to fix Ferrari, which is good. <laughs> well done. By someone fired, had to. I, yeah, I, was say, I fired everyone. To fix Ferrari at the moment, I think. Yeah, I fired. Yep. Yeah, they've been. Uh, uh, Fred Vasseur has been hacking into my safe file and he saw what to do. Fire everyone. Fire <laughs> <laughs> better people. Love it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a very good game. I, I, I hope, like I said, in, in the future they add in some sort of like co op season mode so we can like pick a team each and like run That'd through be really season. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. That would be really, really good. But yeah, like I yeah. said before, I would like to just have like we we all pick a team between the three of us, and we have to manage it on stream and make decisions. I'd love mm. that. Yeah, that could work. Well, it's time, gentlemen. It's time for the big number ones. What's that uh, big golden thing time. in the sky? It's time for a big piss. <laughs> um. <laughs> first of all, let's hear from future Adam Ducker. With his number one game that he played in 2022. Take it away, future Adam. Number one, the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe Edition. When is a remaster not a remaster, but instead a remake that's also not a remake but plays on the very concept of itself as a game? When it's the Stanley Parable, of course. Just go play it. It's incredible and learning too much just spoils it. Wow. <gasps> Did not say that What coming. a pick. Wow. Wow. This is gen- it's, it's actually genuine a game I really wanted to play. I played the Stanley Parable through um, yeah. when it first came out, um, but the fact that like they brought out a you know deluxe version of it and put it on consoles and then hid the fucking sequel inside it is nuts. Yeah, that's just <laughs> um, brilliant. 
It is kind of the most. Parable, though. It's the most standard parable thing you can imagine, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, for ages, I kept on my Steam library both the Stanley Parable and the demo for the Stanley Parable because the demo was different. It wasn't yeah. just a slice of the game. It was like, you know how like Stanley Parable is a comment on video games. The demo was like a comment on video game demos. Um, <laughs> very clever. Loved very it. Clever. I've not played it for um, years because I want to get that achievement. Oh yeah, yeah. The, There's the, an achievement for like five years or something. Not playing it for however many years, yeah, mm-hmm. and then playing it yeah. again. How many years is it? Oh, I, I can't think it's remember. five. But I'm pretty sure it's five. Let me have a look. Oh, it's right. There's also an achievement that says this is an impossible it. to get, and people have got it. Oh, okay. Um, I have to look into that. Um. Right. Okay. So. Three of us have all picked the same game as our number one. So before we start that loving and let Andy fall asleep, uh, Andy, why don't you tell us what was the best game that you played this year was? The best game I played in 2022 was Mafia Remastered. Yeah, I thought Mafia Remastered is, is one of the uh, most impressive remasters I've ever seen for a video game. Um, from the ground up, uh, they, there's no, I don't think there's, a, there's anything in that game that wasn't touched. Like they re-recorded all of the dialogue, they reanimated all of the characters. Um, they did so much to that game. It, it's, mm. it's, it's frankly incredible what they did. Um, it looks stunning. Um, it's still probably the best story in uh, one of those like open world gangster games. Better than anything in fucking Grand Theft Auto, that's for sure. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, a uh, really, really good game. Really good game. Yeah. Really glad you enjoyed it. They're making another one as well that's going to be another more traditional, you mm. know, um, uh, mafia style, um, you know, Itali- Italian mafia style yeah. story uh, set in like, a, you know, early 20th century, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, dead good game. Super. Uh, okay. So... Me, Nick, and Chazzy have all got the same number one game for this year. Uh, and unsurprisingly, because it's popping up as people's game of the year everywhere, that game is Elden Ring. Yes. Um, yes. Who, who wants to start? <laughs> you start, man. Yeah, I'll let you start. Okay. Um, Elden Ring, the latest and greatest offering from... Uh, expert game designer and sadist um, Miyazaki-san. So it takes the formula of, you know, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, um, and Sekiro, and sets it in an open world, which was completely new and not something that FromSoft had ever done in any of the games before. Uh, and you think that formula is not going to work. Part of the, what makes Dark Souls so good is like sort of like being funneled through, you know, an, uh, uh, a long series of zones. Yeah. yeah. Um, expertly curated. Uh, what What's going to happen when you're in an open world and like you can take stuff out of order or, or whatnot and you can go off anywhere and, and this might be stuff that you miss and blah, 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 blah. Um, 
No, they fucking smashed it. They smashed it out of the park. Not only did they make an incredible, like, Soulsborne game, they kind of took the rule book for open world uh, action games and tore it up and made everyone else who makes games in that space look really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically the it. Le- yeah, the level of depth in every aspect of that open mm-hmm. world is, it boggles my mind. There are still parts of that world I've never seen that I know people have been to. It's whole mm-hmm. quest lines I've literally not touched. The incredible yeah, thing but... about it as well is you think it's amazing and then it just goes to whole new heights like it gives halfway you more. through the game. That, that's the thing. You think you've done it. You think it's just this bit or whatever, you know. It's just the bit mm-hmm. you've seen. Like with me, like I've gone through it. I've, I've almost completed it sort of thing. And then not knowing that there's literally whole quest lines that just... That, that take tens of hours that I've never yep. seen. There's caves that I've never explored. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's little nooks and crannies that have just that are there for me to to get involved with. And just because I never walk that way, I, I don't know they exist. And I'm ninety, hundred hours into it, and it, you just think, how deep how does does it go? You know, and and then that's, that's, you know, there's a, a moment. Yeah. There's a moment in the game that that like that nearly broke me. Uh, well, that was a separate moment that nearly broke me. But like in terms of like what the game has to offer, when I've been like running around this huge open world, and I'd covered a decent chunk of the map, um, and then I found a room with a <laughs> lift in it. Yeah. And then I got in the lift, <laughs> and then the lift went down, and then yep. it kept going down and down and down and down. And you yep. thought, what and have I done? There's an entire fucking city under the ground. There's a several world cities under the world. It's like under the, the Castlevania moment of like, oh my god! Like there's a yes. there's this whole world above, and there's a whole world below as well. And I've got a to world below that. that's that's so far down and is so big that it has its own skybox. Yeah, is nuts yeah yeah when you get to that moment and you just look up and you realize that those stars in the sky are actually you know the top of the cave yeah it's just oh incredible yeah yeah just uh, and then and then realizing that there's multiple ways to get into there as well and yes across, across roofs and oh just like everything is interconnected with everything else but wholly mm-hmm. separate at the same time Yep. And yeah, and then and then on top of that, you've got your build of your character. Um, you've got the bosses, which are wholly, you know, you need completely different tactics to to defeat them. I mean, like, yeah, just there's no. It's always constantly keeping you on the back foot, keeping you just off center, never really feeling settled with. You can't just get one major amazing build and then just burn your way through the game. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some stumbling block somewhere that they've built in. And yeah, like I say, there's, it's just phenomenal. Yeah. An absolutely phenomenal game. Every From game I've played, um, I have come up against a boss which I could not beat and it's been a brick wall and I could not progress any further in the game and I bounced off mm-hmm. and then had to come back later. First Dark Souls, I got as far as the Gaping Dragon and could not beat that fucking thing. 
and I, I stopped playing for like six months, then came back and smashed it. Can't remember what it was in Dark Souls 2 and 3. Um, can't remember what it is in one of the bosses in Bloodborne did the same thing to me. Sekiro, I came across a boss. There was like three paths that I could go down and there was a boss at the end of each path and I couldn't beat any of them. And I was like, I, I, I stopped playing the game. Yeah. In Elden Ring, uh, the same thing would happen. I'd be going down a path. I'd hit a boss. I couldn't beat it. But it was fine because I could just go somewhere else. Yeah. And go and explore elsewhere, find some cool gear, level up a bit come back twat that boss job done yeah. like the first the first time you see the dragon yes or the fucking tree sentinel as soon as <laughs> when you first yeah, come yeah. out into the open world but then what makes oh. me laugh is like yeah you walk out and you see that tree sentinel and it's there to kind of let you know that like don't just walk up to anything because it all the levels are out of order in every zone mm-hmm. and basically it's it's there to sort of tell you to you know not be so trusting but yep. then that temple that you walk out of there's actually if you turn to the right there's a whole dungeon in there yes that I n- never realized was there and it goes down and down and down and down mm-hmm. and it's just like this is insane there's whole underground levels of and dungeons with the big stone and, chariots yeah with the big stone chariots that go up and down and mm-hmm. but then there's multiple versions of that those types yep. of dungeons that are just go on forever and they could be whole whole sections of le- levels in in one dark souls game that could be like the whole mm. half of a dark souls game just that one part of that dungeon it's just incredible the amount of stuff that is in that game yeah. and then and then to top it all off it's got some amazing characterizations and like have you you come across these like welsh singing goblin things that flying goblins that sing in welsh Oh, the um, the vampires. Yeah, the vampires and all that yeah. kind of stuff, and like, oh, like that was just so spooky yet interesting mm-hmm. and just well well observed and yeah, like you say, just the the, the boss designs, the NPC designs, the the art direction of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's just how they got that all done. It boggles my mind. Yep. You know, yeah. it's just it's such a there's a um it's incredible there's a really good recent video that i'd recommend on the game makers toolkit channel about the world design mm-hmm. uh, of elden ring and he he's far more eloquent and uh analytical uh about this than than i ever possibly could um but the way that like you have this huge open world which you can go out and you can explore and you can find different npc quests and hundreds of dungeons and caves and side bosses and stuff to do Mm. but then at the business end of the game when shit gets real it like starts to funnel you down a narrower narrow path to point you in the direction of the end of the game Mm. um and it doesn't feel like it's taking away any agency from it doesn't feel like it's taking away your ability to explore or anything like that it's just like it's just it's just subtly nudging you in the direction of where you need to go to to finish the game um and like the the very end is like a straight up boss rush you play you fight like four or five bosses back to back um it's uh it's incredible 
It's mm. I don't really have the words for it. It's also got the hardest boss in, uh, which is widely considered the hardest boss in any FromSoft game, and I fucking beat her. <laughs> fucking beat her, and I felt so good. It took me days, but I fucking beat her. Oh. <laughs> I showed you that video, um, didn't I, of that, guy, that boss? Uh, it was like a, a, some kind of Kirk to, uh, like main like side boss, and I, could only, I only had a bow, and it was just... <laughs> like an hours long like running around trying to kite this one enemy into areas where i could climb up onto hillsides to yeah that was out. the um the dude in the poison lake well the, the yeah. scarlet rot lake in yeah. um caled like yeah trying to stay yeah. out of the rot to not yep. die. Oh, it's just just incredible yeah. like the way you have to adapt and change to yeah mm-hmm. take out these bosses it's just just brilliant just a brilliant game and it's one of those games that comes along that you just think this is going to be. You know, this it is changes the, it, it changes the game. It completely changes the <clears> game. <throat> it was kind of funny seeing those like Ubisoft and Guerrilla devs on Twitter mm. uh, complaining about how how much praise the game was getting because like its UX wasn't good enough or something like that. And it's whatnot. And it just yeah, felt the like whole point it, of it. You're just a bit salty because someone else made a better open world game than you did. Yeah. Um, no. Go yeah, back I, and listen I, to our episode of when it when that game came out. I stand I stand by everything in that. Yeah, how, how giddy we were. I'm as giddy yeah. about the, this game as I was then when I when I was playing it yeah. earlier in the year. And yeah, it's just incredible. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Let's let's put this um, way. I have no time for games, and I've put over a hundred hours into it. Mm-hmm. You know that that's that, that that's that, that's how good the game is. I've um I've beaten it twice, uh, and I, I I beat and then I did New Game Plus and uh, New Game Plus is actually quite easy, yeah. Um, and I have not discounted the idea of going and doing New Game Plus Plus. Uh, and then there is still rumors floating around that there's going to be some DLC for it. Um, this feels like a a game changer. Um, Tamor Hussein was talking about this over a Gamespot very recently because GameSpot announced it as their game of the year and he was talking a lot about how like FromSoft uh probably the most influential game developer of the last 20 years mm. definitely of the last decade because of the impact games like Dark Souls has had on every aspect every genre of gaming you can possibly think of has been Dark Soulsified in some way mm. even as far as like Need for Speed has yeah. got like Dark Souls elements yeah, in it with like the, you having yeah. to go and bank your money and whatnot, and if you get busted, then you lose it and and That's stuff it. and day night cycle. Like, you have to everything resets on a day night cycle and yeah, yeah. um, it's that game was so massively influential, and then they just kept on you know making the people kept on bringing out Souls like games, and then they bring out a, a FromSoft to bring out a new one and be like, nah, this is how you do it, yeah, uh, and then. You know, they changed up the formula again with Bloodborne, and then everyone's playing catch up on that, and then Sekiro comes out, and then everyone's playing catch up on that, and then this comes out, and it's like, what this is going to do to the open world yeah. action adventure genre over the next 10 years or so, I I, I don't know. I, I don't wonder know. if anyone can actually keep up with it because of how much content is there, whether financially 
it's a bit of a con you know bit of a concord moment of just like you know yes it will be be beaten sometime and uh, one day but you know not not for a while mm. just because financially i don't think they can a lot of teams can put that kind of effort and time into it ubisoft into, can but they mm. won't yeah exactly um yeah, but it would be it'd be interesting to see uh, what elements of Elden Ring find their way into other games mm. you know, in the coming years. Um, I feel like me and Chaz have talked quite a lot. Nick, have you got anything to say? Nothing really that you haven't said um, or that we sort of said on the podcast back in March when we just yeah, waxed oh, lyrical March about Elden Ring for two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. It's basically just um, a nearly perfect game, and it's one of those that changes not just the. This time, it's not just genre creating like the Souls games were and Bloodborne was, but it's changing open world games uh, yeah. and raising the bar of 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 what those games can be to. Mm-hmm. Almost unreachable heights, uh, mm. I think, for, for like you were saying, for a lot for a lot of developers, and it'll be interesting to see over the next five, ten years, games come out that sort of come have been influenced mm. by the wake of this game, because you know it's pretty much everyone agrees it's one of the most special uh, games this mm. year, and not just this year, but for a long time, and mm. yeah. it is going to change the way games are played and the way games are made i mean i can confidently predict this is going to be in a game of a deck of the decade you know like at some point yep same as dark souls was for the last decade yeah. sure mm-hmm. um yeah it feels like now nick i know you're going to disagree um but it feels like they took the baton that that nintendo had with um breath of the wild in in terms in terms of um giving the player as much agency as possible mm. and taking away as many cues Do you and know what? I, map I, markers and stuff like that. I completely agree. Taking it even further. I funnily enough completely agree with you. What they effectively did is take Breath of the Wild, mm. a shell of a game, oh my God. and make it good. <laughs> oh my God. And what they've done is they've taken a, a turd of a game and turned it into a masterpiece. I'm just gonna edit that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's like you must. Okay, well we're not gonna get into this debate now. It's not no. the time or the place. But like the let's wait for the next. Let's wait for Breath of the Wild two, and then we can have but a... the, the idea of like you know trusting the player to go yeah. and explore the world rather than telling them where to go and filling their map with loads of markers and whatnot, it's and then a lot of markers going. And then going even more ext- well, one. No, you only get markers in Elden no, Ring no. when you've discovered something. That's it. Yeah. Um, it feels it feels like the the kind of promise of games from sort of ten fifteen years ago has kind of been fulfilled. Of you, you know yeah. when you saw the flashy E three trailers where the game designers would talk about you know Todd Howard would talk about what he wants the player to feel and think about, mm-hmm. and you you can just go wherever you want and you'll just know when you're not meant to be there because everything will be scary and different. That's exactly what Elden Ring's done, like no yeah. other game has managed to ever do um, yeah. quite like it before. And like, like you know, you bring up Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild had elements of that, but for me, it 
it didn't hit as hard as this. And I think even you'd agree yeah. this has taken it to, you know, this has oh, yeah. taken on that and built it. Yes, it has. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's the pinnacle of open world gaming, in my opinion. Mm. And it's also a fucking great, you know, Soulsborne mm. game yeah. on top of that as well. Oh, Mic drop. There you go. I don't want to go and play some more right now. <laughs> yes. But it is quite late and I am quite sleepy. Mm. Um so yeah, that concludes our um best game games we played this year. This uh the Laps Gamer Game of the Year 2022. Was a good year of gaming. Looking forward to seeing what what new and exciting or old and exciting games we okay. play in 2023. But um yeah. Um if you want yeah, if you want to let us know what what games you've played this year that you really enjoyed were, uh drop us a, a tweet over on Twitter at LapsGamer. Um gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you tonight and yeah. and throughout the year. You've uh, you always you always brighten up my, my Thursdays. Yeah, thank you for oh, shit, I just time. gave away a Hollywood secret and now people know what <laughs> night we record. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> edit it out. Uh, I have to change the light now. <laughs> You're just gonna have to edit out to make it you brighten up my days. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's always I've always enjoyed tra- talking to you. Um. Yeah. It's one of it's always it's my my bi-weekly highlight. <laughs> um. And thank you, dear listener, for sticking with us through. Yes, uh, thank you very much. An, an interesting year. Cheers, games, guys. And other things. And gals. Yeah. Um I hope you have or had a lovely Christmas, uh happy Hanukkah, or whatever religious observance or or secular non or not. whatever non determined non religious secular thingy you You do you um, is what Mark's trying yeah, to say. You do you, whatever, and have a lovely new year. Uh we're gonna take a little bit of time off to actually play some video games and eat too much food. Yes, mate. Um, And we will catch you in 2023. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.